Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Joining me this week in the beautiful Partners for Christian Media studio, that's hard to say, um, is University of Tennessee Chattanooga head cross country and track coach, Andy Meyer. Welcome, Andy. Thanks, Dean. Thanks. Man, I'm so glad to have you here, and uh, we can we can talk some. We'll, we'll talk about some important things about injury, but we'll also talk some coach to coach stuff. And great, maybe some folks will maybe folks will like to hear that. Maybe they'll be bored by it. I don't know, <laughs> but we'll we'll do it nonetheless. Uh, so yeah, today we're going to talk about injuries and injury prevention. Um, and Andy is not only a coach, but he has a background in physical therapy as well. And so that's that's got to be really handy for you. It, it is. I mean, we, we have a great athletic training staff, and I know there at Dalton State you all have a great athletic training staff. Um, but, you know, you don't always have that availability. And just like anything else, four eyes are better than two eyes to look mm-hmm. at something. So you may catch something that somebody else won't. Um, and we – it's good for our kids. They don't have to wait for treatment. We can get, you know, something done immediately. Um, and then also to be able to manage because as you know, as a coach, a lot of times that's the hardest part is how to manage somebody coming back from an injury. Do I do this or don't I do this? And, and, and when can we push and when can we, and yeah. can we not push? Um, so it's, it's, it's handy. That's absolutely the biggest headache of coaching. Is trying to figure out how to how to handle when somebody's not just right. Yep. Yeah, no question. Exactly. Yep. So you're on episode number 45. Can you believe that we have done 44 of these things up to this point? <laughs> That's just, great. That's fabulous. Yeah, yeah. To God be the glory. Certainly. Um, and this is the first time in all those episodes we've talked specifically about injuries, and so we know how big a part that plays in, in any sport. So. This is going to be a really important uh, uh, episode, and I'm sure well watched and, and listened to. So, um, so you've been at UTC now for four or five years. About five years, yes. Yeah, sir. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gosh, it just doesn't seem like that long ago. I remember seeing you guys out there at, at Grove level working out. And, yeah, it has. It's it, it's goodness. flew by. It yeah. Has. So do you do you love the world of coaching? I do, and it's something that that. Uh, you know, I've done prior to, you know, UTC was at Dalton State and then um, also worked in the high school uh, uh, coaching some basketball and um, working with some uh, athletes also uh, online um, for triathlons and running. And so something I, I've always done as a physical therapist, you know, basically physical therapy is coaching. You know, yeah. you're, you're, you're coaching a patient through an injury. Um, so it's just a, a natural extension. Yeah, you and you mentioned triathlons. I remember a day that uh, you were in the pool swimming, and I showed up at, at Bradley Wellness Center, and you just gave me some really, really good advice. You don't even know this at this point. I've, we've never talked about this, but you gave me some really good advice that day that really helped the way I looked at swimming. Um, so you're helping folks you don't even know you're helping oftentimes. <laughs> um, and I know, too, you were very instrumental in, uh, you know, I followed you at Dalton State. And you were very instrumental in why I'm at Dalton State, and so I owe you some stuff. My goodness. Um, so, but you're you're a 
a accomplished athlete yourself, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Back in the day, uh, you know, Dean, as we all get older, the 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 times get slower, but the stories get faster. <laughs> That's know? right. And uh, yeah, I, I've uh, enjoyed so you've been, it. You've been to Kona, right? Um, I have. I yeah. have. Um, and it was it, it was quite an experience, uh, you know. For anybody that, that that can qualify and get there, you you need to take advantage of it. Um, it. It's one of the hardest things you'll ever do in your life, you know. Part of the 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 aura of being at Kona is is you know you're with all these great athletes and 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 what you've accomplished and um, whatnot, and then you, you get out there on race day and and man it just smacks you in the face it's 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 hot it's you know people don't think of it being hilly but it's extremely hilly um you get you start on the run it's hot um that particular day they had i wish i wish they they hadn't but it just confirmed my misery um out on the bike they had these huge signs that said what the temperature was oh no yeah and out on the the lava flats it was 106 and i'm like oh and then, um, but it had cooled down um, by the time we got into uh, running into the um, the famous Energy Lab. You hear athletes talk about yeah. the Energy Lab. That's about at the twenty eighteen to twenty mile mark. You, you turn around, and basically head back into Kona, um, and it sits on the border of the the lava fields. Um, it had cooled down to like ninety eight when we the thermometer there that they had, the big sign there it was like ninety eight. Yeah, uh, nice and cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> nice and cool. And you just uh, oh well, you, know, you you find out a lot about yourself, um, and and you find out a lot about your faith. I was praying like <laughs> never before, oh, you know, just Lord get me through this. Um, you, uh, it's it's something else. Uh, there aren't there aren't many PRs at Kona for sure. There is uh, not. Uh, I, you know, and I'm never going to go to Kona because I am a retired triathlete. <laughs> I did a few of them, but I would rather somebody punch me in the nose than go for a swim. So, <laughs> well, that's a, the, the swim is the the worst part. And when I coach people, and even my philosophy was, you know, just get through the swim. It, it can only ruin your day. You know, just just the minimal amount of effort to get through the swim. Um, <laughs> and you're consistent in that because that's part of what you told me that day was don't look at the swim as a, as an integral part of the race. Just get to the end of it as, with as little damage as possible, and you're good. And and and, and you are you're absolutely good. Yes. You know, to be a, a a great swimmer. It's it's such a skill driven endurance uh, te- technique that y- it's something you've got to start working on when you're young, young. And it's yeah. hard. You know, uh, most triathletes are runners. They they, they, yeah. they try they get injured or they, they try want to try something new. They um and and so they're they're not very good swimmers. Yeah, yeah. So do you still get in the pool and on the bike these I, days? I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think you. I think I heard you've ridden with Lane a few times. I have. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's incredible. Yeah, well, just he puts a hurting on everybody. <laughs> he puts a hurting on everybody. I, I don't think I could even ride with him anymore. I think I'm, I'm too, I'm too far gone there. Of course, I haven't ridden much either. But, um, and you know, I like to ride with groups of like ten or less. But I don't know about you. Do you like riding in those big groups where there's thirty people there? Um, yeah, it's it, it's yeah. fun. Um, it's it's some it's a uh, skilled uh, kind of like um, in cross country. You know, when you're in that the, the at the beginning of the race and you're in that big pack and there's you know a big race. There's 200 people 
um, and, and it's kind of a, a acquired skill. Number one, learning how to kind of keep your elbows out. You know, not being afraid to throw an elbow yeah. for somebody that's coming over on you. Um, and and just how to maneuver and stay out of trouble. Yeah. Um, you know, you and I, in, in high school, we learned that skill as freshmen. When you get into those big, big races, those big, big packs, and then it's even further refined in, in college, you know, when, you, when you're when you at an SEC championship and you've got 90 guys, every one of them thinks they're going to win the race, and, and, <laughs> and every one of them, the first 400 meters is is, is trying to get to the lead. And so it's... it's um, you know, it, it's hard and it, yeah. it takes a little bit of bravery. Um, but the more you do it, the more comfortable you get at it. And yeah. yeah. I like, uh, one of the good things, you know, unlike running, uh, cycling, the, you have the draft and that draft plays such a huge part. Yeah. Um, it's, if you can maneuver yourself and keep yourself at about, you know, anywhere from fifth to, to 12th in that group, number one, you're going to be safe. You don't have to worry about a whole lot of wrecks, but the amount of energy that you save and, and yeah. you can hide is, is huge. It's, so the, the bigger the group is, you know, the, the more energy and the better that you can hide yourself. And you, and you watch the pro bike races. It's amazing. Oh, that's how these guys, you know, they will be 250 and how they can stay at, at 10, you know, that 10th place the whole time. And then all of a sudden at the end of the race, they're out. Yeah, you know, they're they're at the front, and it's just amazing how. And it's, again, it's acquired skill that you got to get comfortable with. Yeah, yeah, and that's where I guess I'm just not comfortable. Uh, you know, just trying to trying to stay that few inches from that guy ahead of me is is nerve wracking to me. <laughs> I spend a lot of energy just worrying about it. You know what I mean? And and then it gets to the point where it's not as enjoyable. Right, and so when right, you got a right. smaller group, there's not as much of that yo-yoing when you get toward the back of the group. Right, and, right. You right. know, and so. I enjoy it more then. So yeah, you always want to look out for the squirrels, and that's that's what you know. In cycling, they'll call either a squirrel. Um, that's or, Dean. Or that's another word. Somebody that's that's you can tell. And just like I said, when you're not comfortable on the bike, you kind of move side to side. You're not as straight. Um, you know, typically you, you get in a pack and, and you're going to have someone brush up against you and, and whatnot. And that's just part of riding in a pack and you, you don't panic the more experience. And one of the things you can tell a, a, a person's uh, ability level has a lot to do with how far or how comfortable they are. Um, riding next to somebody or in front of somebody. Uh, yeah. um, this past weekend we were riding with Lane, and 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 you know um, uh, my son rides uh, 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 bikes a lot, and and him and I, you know, we can ride with almost our elbows brushing because we both have rode together f- uh, that we trust each other, right. and and we and, and the closer you are. Um, you know, the, the less energy you waste. Yeah. Um, and, and, and even like Lane said something about y'all, y'all just ride right there, right next to each yeah. other. And it's like, like, we trust each other. Yeah. It makes a big yeah. difference, doesn't yeah, it? it yeah. Does. Yeah. It's a little bit, well, I mean, we go out on group runs and of course in a group, I can be in a huge group of runners and I feel perfectly comfortable yeah. there, yeah. but yeah. it's a whole different, uh, it's just an acquired, an acquired taste. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we didn't have a trivia question last week, and so we don't have a trivia question to answer this week, but we will have another trivia question this week. So, um, uh, And I hope you enjoyed the story that, that Mitchell shared last week. It's, uh, it's a touching story. It's an amazing story. And um, if you didn't listen to last week's episode and you didn't hear the story that Mitchell shared about his dad, go back and listen to it. Um, 
I think it's something where sometimes we 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 feel inadequate and we feel like uh, maybe God forgets about God forgets about nobody and uh, and that was a great redemption story. So go back and, and listen to that if you haven't. The Couch to Marathon is real and it's underway. Hopefully, anybody listening to this is already a part of the Couch to Marathon program. If you're not. You need to get signed up. If you don't know about Run Run for God and the Run Club and what we're all about, you need to go to runforgodrunclub.com and check that out. Um, so even if you didn't start at the beginning of the Couch to Marathon program, you can start in the middle anywhere. Um, just depends on how much experience you have. You know, at some point in time, you get past that point where it's it's comfortable. But uh, but today you can get started. So uh, so do that. When we come back, we're going to talk about injuries. Doesn't that sound fun? <laughs> Seriously, though, it's very important to talk about injuries, to understand a little bit about injuries can go a long way towards getting um, getting well and getting back on the trail. So when we come back, first we're going to talk about J, J Radio. And if you haven't checked out J Radio yet, what are you waiting for? You get up early before the kids for your morning workout. Spend some time studying or reading your devotion. And pick up the kids each afternoon. Whatever the moment, J Radio has you covered. Get your account at jradio.com and download the app in your app store. J Radio, music for every moment. Hey, don't forget that you can send messages to dean at runforgod.com if you've got some questions. I, I've heard from a few people this past week um, who are doing really, really well, and they wanted to share their progress, but they also had some questions, and uh, don't mind answering questions, so uh, send those questions. Again, if you don't know about Run For God Run Club, check it out. Um, also, don't forget that we would love to hear your story. We're not going to share somebody's story today. Um, we normally do that, uh, but... Everybody has a story, and we want to hear yours, so don't be afraid to share that story, uh, and we'll get it on here. I've got a couple in the in the tank right now that are really good that we're going to share very soon, so um, we'll be back to those next week. But instead, this week, we're going to talk with Andy Meyer about injuries. Um, again, Coach Andy is from UTC. He is the head cross-country and track coach at UTC, uh, Chattanooga, and um, he is... Uh, also got a background in physical therapy, and so he has lots of knowledge about how to handle injuries and lots of experience in actually handling those injuries. So let's talk about what leads to injuries. You know, we talk a lot of times about the terrible twos, doing too much, right? Exactly. Um, with with running injuries, running is such a, a single plane linear. You're doing the same motion in the same plane over and over and over and over and over again. Um, it, it's it leans itself to to injuries. I mean, it's just it's the perfect setup to have injuries if you don't take care of yourself and do all the little things. And a lot of times people get get busy in their lives and and 
you know, well, I'm going to go for a run. They don't stretch prior to the run. They don't do any dynamics. They go out, they do the run. As soon as they get done with the run, they've got to hurry and get home and get dinner. Or they've they got to help the kids with homework. They don't do a proper cool down. They don't stretch afterwards. And before they know it, it's 10 o'clock and they're ready for bed. Yeah. And, and, and then they just repeat that. Yeah. And that, that leads to, uh, eventually it's going to lead to an injury. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, it's, it's, it's both too much, doing too much, and doing too little, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and um, that's usually, uh, with, with any kind of injury, um, what we find is there's usually a weakness. Um, there's usually some kind of um, uh, flexibility imbalance. There, a lot of times there's some kind of alignment problem. Um, and then you also have to look at factors of what kind of services they've been running on and what kind of shoes they have. And all, all that contributes to, yeah. to an injury. Yeah. And then sometimes what I see a lot of, and particularly in the Couch to 5K program that we've seen over the years, we have seen people try to run too hard. Oh. Either they run too far or they run too hard. And, uh, and that's, I mean, we have to let our bodies rest and repair themselves, don't we? Yeah, and, and Dean, that's something I'm sure that, that you found out, that I've found out um, when we started um, working with, with college athletes. Um, you know, everybody thinks, well, you want to get them faster, you want to get them faster. And, and that's absolutely right. But a lot of times to go faster, you got to go slower. Yeah. You've got to take those easy days. And, and what you find, just like you said, people, they, they, wanna, they, they get caught in a bad habit of constantly running the same speed. They think they've got to go fast and hard every, every run mm-hmm. has to be that way. And, and as you know, I mean, Dean, you're a great runner. You switch speeds. There's days when you're going really, really fast, and there's days you're not going so fast, and there's days you're just taking it easy. Mm-hmm. And great runners know how to switch those speeds. Um, and, and so, you know, you don't have to be, you know, you, you don't have to run your hardest every single day, or you will get injured. Yeah, yep, absolutely. And I've seen it too many times. I wish I had a dollar for every time I told somebody to slow down. Oh, yeah, you know, because exactly. that's you see it. It's all the time. And, um, and, and one of the things is is working with a coach, and and you know, that's a, a plug I'm doing for you and I is, you know, if you have any doubts, you know, get with a coach. Um, they'll show you your speeds, and you know, that's that's one of the things that that we work with constantly with our kids. We give them a, a set speed for every run. This is this is your per pace mile that we want you to do for this run. You yeah. know, um, yeah. and and it. it it makes makes running a lot more enjoyable. It does. It does. And we do the same thing, of course. Um, now, we talk about distinguishing the difference between pain and soreness because that's so important, right, in recognizing if you have an injury or if you just – sometimes we're just sore from running. Right. right. And, and a lot of times, um, you know, we – as runners and, 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 and being highly motivated individuals, because most runners are type A people, you, you overlook soreness. Um, and, and soreness is you, you're going to have after every, every workout, especially the older you get. Um, <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> yeah. You, 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 the, but there certainly is a, a, a difference between soreness and what it actually an injury is. Um, and if you're having continued soreness, that's going to lead into an injury. If you're sore one or two days, you know, that's what we tell kids. If you're sore one or two days, that's fine. But if that soreness is constantly um, lingering after that point in time, after two or three days, then, you know, we need to look at there's something we're else going in a on. different direction. Yeah. So tell, tell me, how do, how do you describe the difference between soreness and pain? Um, 
soreness is kind of, and, and this is what we tell our kids, is it a, a is it a, a sweet low level pain or is it a pain that um, you can pinpoint and is sharp and then you can describe an activity that that leads to that pain That's I mean it, put it. yeah is it, it do you get up in the morning and within 30 minutes is it gone or can you get up in the morning and do a certain activity and you feel that sharp pain yeah um, you know so if you, you can relate it to a specific movement then you've probably got an injury. Yeah, yeah. And here's one, and I know you battle this, uh, particularly with your background, Internet searches. People get on the Internet, and they find their injury on the Internet. And you've, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've seen a 100 people that have been, they've misdiagnosed themselves, right? So we got to be careful exactly. of that, don't we? Because the, the Internet, and, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, people fail to realize that when, when, when Internet uh, whoever the healthcare provider is or whoever's putting that information up on the internet, they like to keep things as general as possible mm-hmm. um, for liability purposes. Because the last thing, you know, they, they want is somebody saying, well, you, you said I had this and, 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 you know, coming back, but it wasn't and coming back on them. So, you know, they've got to keep, they've got to watch themselves from a liability standpoint. So they keep things pretty general. And there's, you know, be, because of that, there's not an injury on the Internet that you can't say, oh, yeah, I've got that. Yeah, yeah. I've got that. I've got that. Um, so, you know, it, it gives you a direction, um, but you really do need to see your, your, your um, you know, your doctor. You need to see your, your chiropractor. You need to see your health care provider um, yeah. if, if you truly have got an injury. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so. We have this list of things, uh, and we have this in our book, that, that um, impact our likelihood of getting injured. Uh, and, and let's just, just real quickly, each one of these, uh, running surfaces. How does running surfaces lead well, the, to injury? Yeah, the, the harder the surfaces, the more pounding. Um, with each step, you when you walk, you have approximately two and a half times your body weight coming up through uh, each time your foot hits the ground. When you run, it's about eight times. So the softer the surface that you can get on, the the, the less force is transmitted up through your 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 heel to your knee to your hip to your low back and into your torso. So um, you know the the softer the surface, the better you are. Um, at dissipating that uh, that force, we try to get our kids um, all our long runs on trails. You know, in, in weather like today, that's not always possible. But to, to, to get on soft surfaces or trails as much as possible, um, you know, that, that that's great. Yeah, and you've got some good resources in Chattanooga for that. Oh, too. we lots, certainly lots of do. trails there. So, and shoes are kind of the same thing, right? Because right, you want to maintain that that pliability of that shoe, so you get the the shock absorption. Yeah, yeah. Then we we had talked a little bit uh, earlier about you know rotating your shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to let that midsole, that EVA. You got to uh, after you, you run, it gets compressed, and it takes a while um, for it to to fully come back out. And so that way you can get the the the, the cushioning that was meant. And if you're running the same shoes every day, day after day after day, you're just gonna keep that midsole compressed, and you don't have the the 
that missile that acts like a spring and so you want that spring to 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 stretch back out so that way each time you have um uh, the the dampening effect and so we have our kids um uh, uh, we recommend that you rotate your shoes yeah. um so that way you're not using the same shoe every day you're allowing that midsole that spring to to stretch back out to its to its yeah. normal size yeah now now if you're out there and thinking oh my gosh i have to have two pairs of shoes you don't have to. It's ideal. It certainly it's is ideal. ideal, and it helps. But don't don't think that oh oh no, I'm going to hurt myself if I've only got one pair of shoes out there because that's that's not necessarily true. But this is just a way, a preventative thing that you can do. Just one more layer of right. protection over you. So, right. uh, biomechanics, right? That's probably is that is that the number one cause of injuries you think or um, that and and uh, the two twos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though between those two, um, uh, the the biomechanics. A lot of times, you know, people they'll they'll develop an injury, um, and and you look, and it's because they've got an alignment problem, um, or uh, their their foot they're not in the proper shoe, and so mm-hmm. you know for their foot type or for their alignment, they need a certain shoe. Uh, and so by, you know, getting a good fitting and I know you guys, um, don't y'all have a deal or, or don't y'all recommend, um, a, a shoe fitting here in Chattanooga? We do. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, I mean, it's just invaluable to have somebody look at your alignment and put mm-hmm. you in the right shoe for your alignment. Absolutely. Yeah. Just a couple of weeks ago, we had our shoe episode where we, oh, we talked specifically yeah. about shoes for that, for that very reason, because it, it, it's critical. And yeah. And biomechanics, for those of you who may not understand that word, biomechanics is the way that your body moves as, as you run, um, your body does certain things. And, the that motion is uh, is important, and, and the more efficient that motion is, the better it is for your body. And so, and there's a lot of people out there who run in ways that are that are that are odd, but not necessarily bad for them. And then there's people who run in ways that look like they're okay, but they're really pounding on their body, right? Yeah, we and and I've seen you've seen it uh, at your level. You'll run next to somebody and say, goodness, how are they that quick? They've got, you know, their legs are doing all kinds of <laughs> funny things and their arms. And, wow. But, you know, they're fast, you yeah. know, so um, you just see all types. And it, it's it's amazing the the variations. You, you think everybody would run the same, but it's it's not. You know, it's based upon your alignment, your body alignment. Isn't it funny how you can see one of your athletes coming from you can't oh. see who it is, but you can see them from ways off and you can tell by the way they're running. You know who it is. Oh, it's exactly yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing how you can identify you know you get to watch somebody you know practice and, and whatnot like you said you can just see their shadow you, yeah. you can't even see their face you can just see the shadow <laughs> or you can see with uh uh just the way uh a, a girl's ponytail bounces yeah. you can <laughs> you, true. the ponytail bounce it's you you can you yeah. uh, you know exactly who that is yeah you know and, and they can be you know three four hundred meters away and yeah. you'll know who it is it's almost like fingerprints uh, I've always said this about running, and I guess it's because I, I I used to be I used to follow golf, and I used to I used to really love golf, and so I used to watch Jim Furyk. And if if you're a golf person and you know Jim Furyk, you know his his swing looks way different than anybody else on the tour. And yet, when it came time to actually hit the ball, everything was perfect. At that point, he was good, but everything before that was really weird. And um, that's kind of the way it is with running. I've always yeah. I've always thought as long as your body's in the right position when you hit the ground and when you take off, you're you're probably okay. Yeah. 
Um, stretching is one that you mentioned a few minutes ago, but stretching is is, is important, right? Oh, it's very important. Uh, again, it goes back to the, the sport just being so repetitive in the same plane. You, you Your muscles, they just get so tight. There's really um, running, you know, um, uh, unlike swimming, um, which, you know, you want a huge range of motion for that that stroke. The more water contact that you can have, the further you're going to propel yourself. The uh, running, you know, it, it's a quickness. You want to hurry up and get that foot on the ground, and then you want to hurry up and get that foot off the ground. Um, so you you're just in the same plane. You're doing the same thing thousands of times each mile, and it, and it lends to tightness. Your muscles become tight. Your ligaments become tight. Your tendons become tight. And that over tightness is eventually going to pull something else, and and you're going to get injured. Yeah, yeah. How about core strength? That's uh, oh, that's uh, um, something that uh, I know you guys work on. We work on. Um, you know, probably I don't know. Do you what would you say? Last 15 years, 10, 15 years, it's it's really become uh, more important. People yeah. realize how how if you you have your core set. And, and just like we were talking about earlier, you know, that force that's transmitted up through your heel, your knee, your hip, and in, into your, your torso, the stronger your core is, the better you can handle that, the better you can keep yourself in a, a biomechanical ad, advantageous position, um, and, and the better you can just dissipate those forces um, and keep running, uh, uh, you know, as, as people get tired their their form you know you've seen it the form goes yep. and and so the the stronger your core is the longer you can hold your form yeah yeah which is is critically important to to again staying injury free i remember i was i was i guess i was i was ahead of my time i remember when i was in high school college and back in that day when i was running i used to do push-ups before every run i do a hundred push-ups before before every run oh. and uh and that was my, and you know, that's a that's a pretty good core exercise. You're getting the upper it, it body is, it at is. work, but you're also, you know, you've got to hold that. And when you're doing a hundred of them, you got to hold it for a little while. Oh, and so um, it's like, almost like doing a plank with with a little extra. So, um, yeah, I didn't even uh, didn't realize it at the time mm. how much, how beneficial I was being to myself. But anyway, um, and then the last one was returning from injury too quickly. Yeah, and and that's again most runners are, um, um, you know, I, I would even say the you know at the level that we do with ninety five percent of your kids and and, and the, the the people that that run are, are strictly type A. So as soon as you get injured, all you do is sit on sit and and rehab your injury and think about when do I get back? 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 Do I get back? Um, and so there's a tendency to rush that. Um, and one of the things um, as a, as a, it's hard being a physical therapist and a coach because as a coach you want somebody back you want somebody to be able to help your team you want to see them to, to run but as a physical therapist the thing I always talk about okay are they ready to come back this week then we're gonna give them another week and mm-hmm. that's hard yeah um, it is the okay are they ready to come back this week and that's a, a general that I, that I've developed okay then we're gonna give them another week so, yeah. Um, yeah. and and you know that way we make sure that they're totally 100% ready. Yeah. Um, because you know that it's hard. It's hard to be truthful with yourself, especially with runners. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. You still feel a little bit, but you're so anxious to get back. Um, you know, let let God do the healing for the body. You know, just just be patient. And that's so hard for people to be yeah, patient. Yeah. 
It is. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I want to go over uh, let's say five or seven of the most popular, uh, most common running injuries that we see, particularly in the group that we that we have. So the first one, of course, is runner's knee. Yeah, that's uh, we we see that especially in females more so than males. You do see it in some males, um, and it's it's just we develop knee pain, and it can be lateral knee pain, um, medial knee pain, just generalized pain around the knee. Um, and uh, the uh, runner's knee can be a patella tendonitis. It can be uh, what uh, they used to call condymalacia. Now it's, it's called uh, patellar pain syndrome. Just you know. Uh, uh, basically a catch-all term for anything that's wrong around the knee. Um, And so especially with females, it has a lot to do with the body alignment. Um, um, Good Lord has given girls, whether they like it or not, wider hips than men. And so, because they have slightly wider hips, they um, their their knees come in at more of a V. We call it a valgus, um, but they come in more of a V. Well, because of that alignment, um, and with running, the, the patella wants to to track what we call lateral track, um, and so you develop pain on especially on the outsider or around your kneecap. Um, and there there's some different things you can do um, to to you know, offset that. Um, we, we work on as when someone comes in the clinic and they've got this, then we work on uh, strengthening the quads, especially the VMO, um, that your your quad on the inside, the yeah. inside your knee. So that way you pull that patella back into the patella track. You pull it medially, and so that way it's not tracking uh, laterally. Um, you also um, look at, and, and this is something that's really come on probably the last five years, glute activation. Mm-hmm. You really want to work on on um, um, getting the, the glutes to fire properly and, and at the right time. You also um, want to work on uh, hip uh, strengthening, especially uh, uh, glute medius. You want, again, that's going to help keep the leg in a stable position. It won't allow it to collapse so much. Yeah. Um, and then uh, stretching. You want to stretch the heck out of the hamstrings, your calves, and also your groins. Because, again, when they're tight, they're going to pull that leg um, into a, um, a non-optimal position, for lack of a better word, and, and actually contribute and make uh, runner's knee worse. Yeah. Yeah, I find that all the time, that, that oftentimes injuries aren't – the injury didn't originate from the place where the injury is. Oh. It originates from the a lot of times the opposite muscle group. Yeah, exactly. Because it's either too weak – or it's not flexible enough. Yeah, exactly. That's that's you know, as a physical therapist, you taught you know, you want to uh, you know three keys. You want to you know, of course, when somebody comes to the clinic, decrease pain. Then you want to look at the range of motion, and then you want to strengthen them. And all these injuries, just like you said, it's usually a, a weakness or or a, 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 a lack of motion, and you just look at the uh, the opposite muscle group. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I've had runner's knee before. I had it back probably probably seven or eight years ago, and I got a runner's knee strap, put it on my knee. It made it ten times better, and I was able to run through it. I decreased my mileage a little bit, but ran through it. You think that's okay, or should we? Quit yeah, running? no, no yeah. It's, it certainly is. And and when they say runner's knee, um, you know, it could be patella tendonitis seems to um, heal itself. Uh, uh, with the strap, 
uh, more than condomalacia. Yeah. Um, the the uh, a patella tendonitis just putting a little bit of uh, uh, pressure directly on that tendon release some of the stress off of it. Yeah. And so um, you see a show patch strap and you see all kinds of um, people just take tape and, and, and tape mm-hmm. around there. Um, but yeah, that's that's a great way to do it. And, and you know, with any of these injuries, you know, one of the first things you try to do, is you, you want to run. You want, you, you want mm-hmm. your program. You want to g- get through the program is decrease your miles. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times that that will help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Decreasing the miles sometimes is just... It's it's really rest. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't think we, we don't look at being active as rest, but it's if you're doing less, then it, it it's restful and restorative to your body. It, it certainly is. And that's why going back to uh, running too hard, too much, is if you get, you've got to allow the body to rest. Um, you know, the... God's given us this this great body, and he's given us the ability to to regenerate and I think at times we forget about that. Yeah. And and we he's actually given us the power to do it ourselves, but we forget about it. <laughs> you know, we, we, we get caught up in things in the day and you just think, All right, gotta run, gotta run, gotta gotta run, gotta yeah. run. And then you know what? You're injured. And yep. and, it, and it's simple rest. Yep. Uh, Achilles tendonitis or Achilles problems. You get there's a lot of pressure on that Achilles, isn't there? There certainly is. Every time that foot, heel hits the ground, that force is transmitted right up through the Achilles. Um, and, and we see this uh, again. Um, you know, we we go back to an alignment problem. A lot of this time, uh, Achilles are tend uh, are people that overpronate. Their 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 foot is not um, supple through the the landing cycle, um, and a lot of times, also with Achilles tendonitis, the the simple fix is just stretching. People forget they don't want to stretch the, Achilles, you yeah. know, just like the, they they and and that Achilles tendon, as you well know, it's going to tighten up mm. so fast. Um, and eventually, um, and, and I've seen and worked with several runners that they just let it get so tight that uh, they'll it'll rupture. It yeah. will absolutely rupture. Yeah. Um, and it's just, and then it's a bad yeah, deal. Oh, it is. It's then a, it's surgery, rehab, um, I, I actually, months and months. And and, yeah. and you know, I actually had a a, a, a client, a patient, and um, he was he was doing a race, and he said, you know, he's just going down the road and decided to hop up on the sidewalk because he was going to try and cut the, the inside of the corner. And he says he just put his foot up on the sidewalk, and it felt like a gun went off. It was like a shotgun. Um, and then he fell and he couldn't even, you know, um, uh, couldn't, he could, he, he couldn't point his foot down. He couldn't move his foot. And, yeah. and so then they, the doctors have to go in, they have to sew that. And, and oh. it's just, uh, but it's simple. A lot of, it's just, just, just stretch your Achilles. That's the best thing you can yeah. do. Just yeah. stretch it. Yeah. And if it gets a little, little tender, put some ice on it, maybe uh, put some ice on it. Um, and, um, uh, again, just stretch, just yeah. stretch. And I, if you'll just stretch it <laughs> and you can avoid that. Um, I, I'm really interested in this one because this is one that I see, I see this often in the high school level, especially, oh. um, shin splints. Yes. We, um, see that uh, again, it's usually kids that have come from, um, um, one sport and, um, uh, go right into running and they, um, they may not have the best shoes. Um, they're trying to do too much too fast. You know, their friends have maybe um, already uh, been participating in in a gradual buildup 
um, in, in high school, a lot of times they'll begin their track stuff as soon as they get back from Christmas breaks. And then you get kids that play other sports that as soon as their sport's done, they'll come in and think, oh, you know, so-and-so is running four miles a day and doing some track work. Well, then that's where I'm going. And they're in good enough shape to do it. And so they feel like, oh, it's, it's, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and especially um, we'll – Every now and then we'll see this at the collegiate level, but usually not because by that time kids are, are have developed enough of a base that yeah. that, that doesn't happen. Yeah. But especially people that are new to running, um, you, you know, you've got to allow your your shins. Uh, again, when that foot hits the ground, all that force comes right up through your shin, comes right up through your Achilles tendon. All that force comes right up through your shin. And and those mus those those uh, muscles, as you well know, and, and uh, bones, especially in runners, you, 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 they're, they're small. They're not very big. They're small. So all that force comes up there, and then it, it just aggravates. Um, it, it causes inflammation. That continued running. Um, and you know, if you're not careful with those shin splints, they can turn into a stress fracture. Yeah, and it's it's. It, I think you you kind of alluded to it. It's the terrible twos again. It's, exactly. It's do, just doing too much, too, too quick. Yeah, too much, too quick. And, and and as soon as you start to feel some shin pain, um, ice. You know, ice and take it back off. Don't be afraid to back off for a day or two. Yeah. Um. Um. And make sure your shoes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um. This one is one I probably hear more often than any other, and it's plantar fasciitis. Yes. Um, and you've got uh, on the undersurface of your foot, uh, it's called a, a plantar aponeurosa, and it is um, a, a thickening of, of skin that has a tendency to get really tight. Um, and again, this is about stretching. And, and people, how many people think about stretching the undersurface of their foot? Um, not a whole lot. You yeah. know, it's something, you, you know, even. Um, uh, you know, when you look at different books, that you can't find a whole lot of stretches for this. Um, and it, again, it's an overuse thing. Um, you, you don't stretch it, and you constantly pound, pound, pound. And especially, it's almost like shin splints. And if you're, you're new to running, um, that mm-hmm. that's that that fascia. Is, is not used to that pounding, and so it's getting stretched. And every time it gets stretched, it it, it, it pulls some fibers, and then you get an inflammation. And it, it starts to get into a big cycle, and, and people have you, um, you, you get up in the morning, and you put that foot on the floor, and it is so painful. Then mm-hmm. after about 15, 20 minutes, you've got around, you've got that warmed up. It feels fine. Um, again, it goes, it, you know, you got to have good support. You got to have good supporting shoes. You got to stretch your Achilles tendon, um, your uh, Achilles tendon and that, pla- uh, and your, your plantar fascia. It's almost like a teeter totter. When one is, is tight, it causes the other one, puts an undue force on the other one. Right. So they're, they're very closely related because they, they both attach into the calcaneus, your heel bone. So if one's tight or slightly, um, um, injured it, it's going to affect the other one stretch that that achilles and um, and roll your feet right roll yeah. your feet and that's yeah. something you know easy to do it you is while you're watching television and and, and it feels good it, 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 it feels good and, and that's one of the, the the first treatment things as a physical therapist i would tell people is to get a two liter um a, a pop bottle 
fill it uh, about halfway or, or two-thirds of the way with water, keep it in your fridge, and when you come home at night, just sit there, watch TV, and roll it. Mm-hmm. Roll it, and so you get I, the, the, the numbing effect of the icing. You get it stretched out. Yeah, yeah. But even if you don't have it, if you'll make it just a habit to once mm-hmm. a week roll your feet, it will make a – you'll probably never have plantar fasciitis. Oh, you, you're exactly right, and, and that's something – um, to once you get over the initial stages, you're, you're, you know, the good Lord makes your uh, body such that it's going to strengthen itself to any stress. And so, you know, once you get over the initial phases of it, a lot of times people, it's not uh, reoccurring unless there's something biomechanically wrong. Yeah. You know, you get over it just like shin splints. You eventually get over them and then you don't have them again. Yeah. How about... Uh we, we, a lot of times people call it IT band syndrome, iliotibial oh. band syndrome. Uh, you know, what is that? What causes we, it? We, we see this a lot. Um, you have a band that runs down the lateral, the outside of your leg, and it starts at your hip, um, goes down the outside leg, and, and kind of loops around the outside of your um, um, knee. And um, it gets aggravated. Mm-hmm. And it can get aggravated at your hip, or it can get aggravated um, around your knee. And a lot of times we see more uh, people that have it uh, on the outside of the knee. Um, you, the knee bone itself, the lateral part of the knee bone, there's a there's a, a bursa sac. And a bursa, all it is is basically um, just a lubrication um, that allows that IT band, every time you take a stride, to, to, to successfully glide over that so you don't have any aggravation. Well, if you somehow... If that IT band gets real tight, it just forces that that bursa sac into the knee, causes that an inflammation of that bursa sac, and eventually it'll calcify if you let it go long enough. But usually, people it, it's too painful that they don't. But you you develop a tightness in that IT band, um, and again, it can be um, just as simple as you're not stretching. Um, or it, it can be something with a biomechanical alignment, or it can be a lot of times hip weakness, yeah. um, hip weakness, um, tightness in your um, uh, hamstrings um, or your uh, hip flexors. I mean, you know, at, I'm, I'm sure you've seen it. We we see it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, is kids? It's the IT band is very difficult to stretch. Yeah. You, you almost have to have somebody else do it. Um, and so, um, uh, and, and, you know, the, the stretching position, it's, 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 uh, kind of difficult to get into. I mean, there's some, there's some stretches you can do, but you know, the, 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 the best stretch we found, it, it takes somebody else to help stretch you out. Yeah. Um, but, um, again, um, it can be debilitating, more so than a lot of, of, of the other injuries. You hear this a lot on IT yeah. band. And you, and you hear it, too, with runners who um, have increased their hill work, like if they start doing a lot yeah. of hill work. Because you've got more knee flexion, you're putting that IT band in it, in it and then you're, you're pushing down on the hill so that, it, that IT band snaps down over that lateral condyle. So one of the things we do when somebody initially gets it is we um, stretch the heck out of them, and then, too, we take them. You know, decrease the hill stuff, and you know, yeah. decrease their mileage a little bit, and see if we can't get under under control. Yeah, yeah, we do that for hills. We we decrease if if somebody's got those symptoms, or if they've got, of course, Achilles or heel problems, yeah. you want to get them off of hills as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how about stress fractures? We we don't see a a ton of those, but but no. Um, gosh, I was. 
kind of proud of myself in in that coaching um, that we had never I, I'd never coached anybody with a stress fracture. Um, and then here in the last uh, year and a half, now all of a sudden got two. <laughs> you know, that's that's the way it works, right? <laughs> yeah, and and so, um, but but again, that's they're rare. But again, it's it's it has a lot to do with a sudden increase in mileage. And the, again, all that force every time you 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 stride and you hit your heel. Um, hits the ground, all that force comes up through the bones it, um, and is transmitted um, uh, right up. The, once the, the heel hits the ground, it, your body becomes what they call a closed kinetic chain. And so all that force goes right up the chain. Um, and if you've got any weakness in that chain, let's say you're, you're like your core, if your mm-hmm. core is weak, um, then it's gonna the force is taken up somewhere else. If there's a, a weak link in that chain, then you know the the, the force is going to um, you know something else is, is going to take over that yeah. um, as you try and compensate. Absolutely. Um, and with stress fractures, um, if if you're not prepared, if you don't have good shoes, if you constantly run on hard, hard surfaces, if you're trying to do especially too much too soon, you're going to develop a stress fracture. It'll start out as a reaction, just a, a, a part in the bone um, that, that gets tender. But if you keep running on it, you keep running on it, you keep running on it, it can develop into a, a an actual fracture. Um, this this is a terrible story, Dean, and, and, and I, you'll probably know who I'm talking about, but I think it was at the Georgia State Cross Country Championships a couple years ago. It may have been three or four years ago. There's a young lady, fabulous runner, and she was from uh, northeast uh, Georgia high school up in northeast Georgia and had developed some um, leg pain, and they just thought it was soreness and soreness and soreness. And at the Georgia State course, at the at the end of the race, you kind of climb up and then you come flying down this downhill into mm-hmm. the bowl, um, into the start line. And she was flying. There was nobody. She was going to win the state championship. There was nobody even close to her, this young lady. And she got probably 100, maybe 150 yards out and her, her tibia snapped. And come to find out, you know, she'd been complaining about this leg pain, but they just they just thought it was wow. soreness, and wow. she had developed a fracture. Wow! And it snapped. Well, you know, I've been through. I had a stress fracture in my femur oh. uh, back about twelve, thirteen years ago, uh, and it's it's exactly what. And I did the same. I kept running on it, and uh, finally, I ran a race. Uh, uh, one day, and it, when I got through with the race, I mean, I literally had a hard time walking to the car. And it was at that point where I finally said, "All right, I need to go see somebody." Yeah, all these uh, y'all type A. But it was <laughs> but it was too late at that point. Had I just backed off exactly. a month before that, exactly, I wouldn't have had to take the three months off I had to take after that to to get over that. And, and especially, you know, uh, stress fractures in females. Um, you, you know, you've got to make sure you're getting your vitamin D. Um, and 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 that's huge, and that's one of the things we look at. You know, if if uh, in, in both cases that we've had recently is is the vitamin D um, intake, um, uh, and then also to make sure you're not. You know, you've got to think about your whole day. Uh, are you know not only about your running, but are you allowing your t- what we've talked about uh, recovery? Is your job such that you're standing all day? 
Yeah. Are you going? Are you running of the morning and then going to your job and then standing all day? Are you constantly on your feet? You know, you've got to think what the the total load, just not the running load, but the total load of all your activities that day. Yeah. Um, and, and you've got to manage it. Yep. And that's I think what you're right. We miss that sometimes. We just think yep. about it in terms of our running. Exactly. Than everything else that we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So one last thing I want to talk about um, because it's a it's something that you hear all the time. Um, a little more minor than most of these things we've talked about, but blisters. How do we deal with blisters? Um, blisters. We find two factors really. It's it's wetness and sliding. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a wet environment that something's constantly sliding over, say your shoes. Um, you're going to develop a blister no matter what. Um, so, you know, try and keep your socks dry um, and and make sure, goodness, make sure your shoes are, are, are fitted and fitted well and properly fitted. Yeah. Um, that, that makes a huge difference. Um, you know, we at, at the college level, we don't see because usually by that time kids have dialed into their their shoes and their their shoe um now spikes are a little bit different I, i'm sure yeah. you've seen that you know kids will develop because they're not broken because they're they're stiff um and their, their foot gets wet and it just slides it just slides it's not mobile the shoe's not mobile it doesn't fit uh, really good to their foot and they develop a, a blush a hot spot yeah um and so, um, you know, one of the things on long runs, if it, it, let's say it's very humid out, you know, stop halfway through your long run, change socks, you yeah. know, circle back um, and, and, and keep your socks dry. Um, and again, make sure your uh, 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 shoes fit. And then one of the things that once you develop a blister, you can you, that you can go to a pharmacy and they have the little donuts. Yeah. And you can put a donut, the, the mm-hmm. little donut Band-Aid on. Mm-hmm. Um, you can um, uh, also, uh, they, they've started manufacturing these little uh, Band-Aids that have a, a little water bubble in them. Yeah. And you put that directly, and, and they make it different sizes, and you can put that directly over a blister. Yeah. And, and then that's fine. And we've even... Um, uh, uh, I've seen individuals take, and they'll duct tape. They'll put duct tape directly over a blister, and it works fine. I don't know that I would recommend that, but I've seen that done. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, obviously, we could go over injuries all day. There's a thousand others out there, and um, we we can't cover them all. Are are there any other injuries that you see a lot of that we didn't talk Um, about? You know, one of the things, I I don't know – Dean, um, uh, low back. We we do see low back injuries, and again, it goes to the um, you know the the, the pounding, the the constant pounding, and, and especially if you're sh- if you're running constantly on hard surfaces, and you and you don't have good and proper shoes, that force has to go somewhere, yeah. and a lot of times in people, it's going to go to your low back, and yeah. and you get complaints that you know they'll run and your back's tight, your back gets stiff. Um, you know, it, uh, the biggest thing you can do for that is, is strengthen your core. Um, get proper shoes and make sure you're stretching. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, you know, that that's the, you know, that's a good one. Y- y- yeah, low back, low yeah. back injuries, and and, and you, you hear it and you'll see it all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, and I get I get some low back soreness. It's not really an injury, but low back soreness, soreness. regularly. Yeah, you know, yeah. and so uh, yeah, yeah, and a lot of that has to do with what you just mentioned how we're doing different things. We don't think about that thing we were doing. We were shoveling all that mulch. Exactly. And then we go out for a ten mile run. And, and you're like, oh, you know, 
this run's making my back sore, but yeah, it's the totality of your day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Andy, thank you for uh, for being here. Um, we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna and leave, and we're gonna come back with Dean's thoughts um, and talk a little bit about that. But first, we're gonna talk about J J Radio, and uh, we call it the world's greatest digital music platform. While you are working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We have partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Mitchell, Lane, Holly, me, and others that you hear on the Run Club podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist now at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, we're back, and it is time for Dean's Thoughts. And that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. You know, often I've been asked a lot of times, where do you get all of these stories from? Well, I'm about to divulge deep, dark secrets. Well, maybe they're really not deep and dark, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you where they come from because this one's called Where Do Dean's Thoughts Come From? At this point, I have written hundreds of stories about the intersection between running and faith. No two are the same, although I will occasionally use the same scripture reference or write on the same topic. I hope that each brings a unique perspective on our faith while sharing running-related stories or informing uh, that's, or information that's interesting. With that said, I am frequently asked how in the world I come up with the things I write about. I'd love to give a scientific answer to that, but I can't. I'd love to say there's some formula I use to come up with the ideas for stories, but I can't. I'd love to be able to say that I'm just a brilliant guy with millions of great ideas running around in my head all the time, but that would certainly be a bridge too far. No, the answer to that question is very uncomplicated. It's simply, uh, it is simple uh, to point out, excuse me, it is simple to the point that any third grader could do the same thing. The truth is, is that I just see things while I'm out running. It may be wildlife, something by the side of the road, a chance encounter with someone else, or an idea that pops into my head out of the blue, but probably based on some benign scene that I just ran by. I see things that remind me of how God's blessings impact my life. I think of past running adventures and see God's hand in the making of a moment, or I see what God was trying to teach me in that moment. On the flip side, I hear running-related topics in a sermon that, are, that the preacher never intended to be there. I like to think God uses a sermon for multiple purposes. Sometimes one purpose is to give me an idea for a story. It can be my pastor at my church I attend or one I'm listening to while I'm out running or driving. The bottom line is this. My mind is on two things all the time, God and running. Oh, I think about much more than those two things, but those two topics are especially important to me. Everything I see, all I think, and the words that come out of my mouth are mostly shaped by the filters of God and running. So what am I saying? I view everything through the lens of being a Christ follower and as a runner. It's who I am. Do I think about stopping by the grocery store on the way home from town? Sure. 
but I'm not a shopper down to my core, so I don't think about things through the lens of being a shopper. Once I'm done picking up some bananas and oatmeal, I'm done with that thought. And you can bet that there was something in the grocery store that made me think about God and or running. 1 Timothy 4.15 says, Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. Paul is writing to Timothy, who is in Ephesus. The Ephesian church needed some good guidance, and Paul was encouraging Timothy to be the example he needed to be to make an impact on the people in the church. He tells him to meditate on these things, meaning always keep these things close to your heart and in your mind. God has entrusted me with an ability to run and a desire to help people in their running and spiritual journeys. The only way that I could be effective in that is to keep those things on my mind all the time. So the answer to the question, how do I come up with all the running God connections, uh, is really simple. I'm looking for those connections all the time, whether purposefully or not. If we will open ourselves up to the possibility, we will see God all around us. We'll see him on our jobs, at the store, while we're out running, but only if we have a mind that is focused on looking for him. Where will you see God today? God's all around us, isn't he, Andy? He certainly is. He certainly is. Thank goodness. <laughs> now, and don't you love it when you see God working in the life of one of your athletes? You know, isn't it? It's a blessing, isn't it? It certainly is. And, and we see kids that you come in and um, they may not um, – you look at them and think, man, if 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 they would pray, you, you can tell that they're not quite in the direction that they need to be going at this point in their life. Um, and then what's amazing at at the level that 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 we're coaching, that kids are starting to to experience things, and yeah. they experience things that you know mom and dad maybe not had prepared them for that mm-hmm. that they're seeing for the first time. Um, and then the base, the base is so important that, that they go back to God, that they, they pray daily. Um, and to see someone that does that and be able to navigate through the college life, it, it's amazing. It's really special. It yeah, is. Yeah. So you, and you probably see things. I see things through this God and running lens. You probably see things through a, a physical therapy lens, right? You well, look at somebody and you see somebody limping and you're like, I know what's wrong with that guy. <laughs> yeah, I actually, yeah, you, 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 you know, the Lord gave me a great education. He gave me the ability to, to, to learn and, and want to learn and to be interested in it. And then just like you said, you, you're out and I'll see someone with a, with a brace on that. That's an ACL. Yeah. You know, you're wondering how they do that or, or, you, you know, you see some, they're not using their, their crutches right or they're not using their walker correctly. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about athletes and I know that, um, it, it's, we deal with athletes and a lot of times it's really hard. You mentioned it before when you're talking about injuries, it's hard to recognize that I have an athlete that I'm trying to get faster. But that's a student athlete. It's still a kid, and it's really important um, to look at them that way. Do you, do you ever find that the athlete filter is a little too strong, and you have to back off and look through that student filter more? I know I do. Oh, I, I do too. You you know you you want these kids to have success, 
you, you want these kids to get faster. You want these kids to, to, to feel good about themselves, to feel good about running. You want them to enjoy and, and just you, you love running. You want your kids, you want your athletes to feel that same way. You know, yeah. you, you hope they have that same enthusiasm. Um, and you forget at times that they're, they're a student and they're a person. And, and just like I said, you have to back off a little bit. Um, and, and one of the things, you, you we get so caught up in this world, you, all right, you, you've got a schedule. This is the schedule you need to – this is what you need to do. This is where you need to be. This is what you got to do is on Tuesday uh, mornings, I send out something to the, to the kids, and it's usually spiritually based. And ju- it's just exactly like you said um, – you know, it's it's what I've listened to Sunday. You know, yeah. what what was the sermon Sunday? And it's amazing how um, and, and I find that that running and and faith they go hand in hand. They yeah. absolutely do. Mm-hmm. To be a successful runner and to be a Christian, it's the exact same qualities. Yeah. It, it's it takes the exact same things. And those lessons you can take a uh, a Sunday sermon and turn around. And and give that a pep talk for your kids. Yeah. Um. Uh. uh about training. It's, yeah. it's just amazing how how closely intertwined yeah. those are. And that's exactly you know on Tuesdays I'll send out something that is it's it's it's, it's spiritually based and it's it's to the person and, and it meets um uh, one of the the things I sent out this past Tuesday was was don't be afraid yeah. and a lot of people they're afraid. Um, they're they're afraid to take that next step, um, and that if to, to to always remember you've got someone by your side, you actually got someone in your corner, you got somebody that's always going to root for you, yeah. you got someone right there. Don't be afraid um, to 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 take a challenge. And a lot of people they get intimidated, and and the Lord's right there. You know he's he wants you to succeed. He's not on the he didn't put you on this earth to fail. That's right. He yeah. wants you to succeed. And so by 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 knowing that and having that, um, you know, I, I hope that the kids uh, learn those lessons. And and not only do they see us as coaches to get them better, but us as coaches as someone that that shaped their future and reinforced their 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 commitment to Christ. Yeah, yeah. So so what is your proudest moment as a coach that you can, if you think back over the years? Can you can you think of one that just sticks out in your mind? You probably I know you think of several, but yeah, um, you know the I guess as a coach, Dean, the the proudest moment um, is when um, you know we and it's reason why that that I fell in love with coaching. It's the success or the happiness that you see on a kid when they've done something they thought wasn't possible. Yeah. And that's exactly, you know, you, yeah. as a coach, you, you, you get that feeling inside your heart. It's just a, a, a an upwelling. You know, you're so happy for the kid, the, the, the success that they had, and to see that face and that smile, that's something you, you don't forget. And that's something, um, you know, even with, with clients or, or, or patients, it's that same feeling. It's, you know, you're taking somebody, um, and you're leading them just 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 as God is leading you. You're leading. He's given you the responsibility to lead this person, this athlete from where they are to where they actually can be. And a lot of times they can't see that. They don't yeah. understand that. Yeah. And so to be able to to see that success when when a kid, um, an athlete does something that they didn't think was possible yeah. is is incredible. It, yeah. Amen. Man, that's well, well said. I, I'll share I'll share one. Uh, I, 
one line that that somebody spoke to me one time that that I thought was and it goes right it's a little bit along those lines. I think this person thought they could do it. It wasn't that they didn't think they could do this thing, but they were successful. And so this is somebody we both know that you coached. And then when I got to Dalton State, I finished up coaching her. You know who I'm talking about. I think. Yeah. Um, anyway, she had run a a, a cross country season. And she had decided she wasn't going to run track. And I remember calling her up and going, and I was taking over in between, right? I, I didn't coach the cross-country season. I coached track. And so she, the first thing she tells me is she's not going to run track. And so I, I call her up and I said, let's go for a run and let's talk about it. And so we ran and we were talking and she says, and I tell her, I said, why don't you want to run? Well, you know, I'm going to be a teacher. I'm doing my student teaching. I'm going to be really busy. It's going to be really, really hard. And um, and I looked at her and said, I, I get all that. But I know how much she loves running. And I said, so now tell me the real reason you don't want to run. <laughs> and she looked at me and she goes, well, she said, I had a bad fall. And I don't want to end my career on two bad seasons. And I looked at her and I said, you know, this could go the other way, though, and you could end on a great season, right? And so I said, now, we finished running, and I said, don't don't make a decision today. Um, just think about it overnight and let me know tomorrow what you want to do. Well, the next day, she lets me know that she's, she's all in. And I'm like, and she has one goal, one goal. Basically, she wants to win the 1,500 meters at the conference meet. Nothing else really matters to her except that one race. And she wants to beat this girl that beat her in the past. <laughs> and, and you know how competitive that girl uh, is. Yes. And, um, and that's what, so that was our focus. And I said, I agree. That's, that's our focus. That's what's going to happen. And so we go through the season, some ups and downs, as, as there always are. Um, but overall, progressing toward that moment, we get to that day. She didn't just win the 1500. She ran it going away by a long mm. way. And, I mean, she just, the last lap, she was grinning coming into the finish line, right? So she crosses the finish line. Um, she wins. She gets up. She gets on the podium. She gets her award. And as she's stepping off the podium, she looks at me and she goes, it went the other way, coach. <laughs> and uh, I yeah. just, I remember those words because, well, you know how it is. You know, how, yeah. again, your yeah. eyes are like mine. I'm like, that's, that's hard thinking about yeah. it. It's like, yeah. because... You, you watch them work hard and you watch them have a dream and then they achieve that dream. And then, and then of you, course, 30, uh, an hour later, she wins the 800 too. And then she winds up the scholar athlete of the year for the entire oh. conference. And so here's somebody who wasn't going to do it when it, and, and, and for all of you out there who are in this couch to marathon program and you're doubting yourself maybe a little bit as she was going into that moment, she took a step of faith and, Man, it, it it turned up big. She had a home it, run. Yeah, exactly, Dean. It's just that that fearfulness that that you get caught up in and the what I, I like to call the the worldliness of today, and, mm-hmm. and and you let all these thoughts creep in that that you know are doubting, and and, and you you start self doubting, and you, and you start listening to all the the voices that say, oh, you can't do it, you shouldn't do it, you don't want to do it. Um, if you'll just take that leap of faith um, and, and trust in God, he's going to lead you. He's, yeah. he's going to lead you there. Absolutely. So, UTC, is the future looking bright? I know that in the fall you're getting a very special athlete in the fall, <laughs> or one that's really, really special to me anyway, um, in, in 
Mitchell's son, Lane Hollis. Oh, uh, we are so, so looking forward to having Lane. Um, you know, I, I've rode with him a couple times uh, since he signed with us, and I, he's just going to add so much to our our team and our program. And um, he, he's a great kid, and of course, comes from a great family. And that's one of the things that that when we recruit, we always try to get a, a feel for what the family is and what the family situation is. And um, he, he's he, he's going to be he's exactly the the student athlete that we're looking for yeah. um, at UTC. So yeah, we're our guys team. We've got everybody coming back, um, and so we're we're excited about that. Um, our, our girls team, um, we've we've got um, a recruit coming in who's she finished third at, at D2 Nationals, and she's coming to UTC because she wants to get her masters. Oh wow! And so um, you know she's. Um, uh, uh, 17, 20 cross country girl, and she's been, you know, right at 17 on the track. So, wow. yeah, we're we're excited about having her come. And then, um, I don't know, Dean. Right now, um, with with all this COVID going on, they're not letting us at the D1 level. We're not allowed to to um, have kids on campus. We're not allowed to have in person visits. So we've been doing a lot of Zoom. Now the, the, the you, know, um, you know we've been having our kids Zoom our recruits and whatnot. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of put you know a, a, a damper on the the recruiting as a whole. And then you add on that the NCAA said, oh, all these kids can have their season back. That yeah. this season doesn't count. Boy, that put a monkey wrench in things. Yeah. So then you've got okay, are these kids going to come back or are they not? You know, they the, the NCA said sure they can come back, but they didn't give any more. They're not giving you any scholarship dollars to cover that. Yeah. So now all of a sudden you've got to decide, you know, as a coach, do, do you want this kid back? And, and yeah. you know what? And then if you do, then what can the school offer them? You know, right. how many kids? You know, you know. So it's 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 a difficult time right now as far as as recruiting and what you yeah. can do and what you can't do, um, but uh, um, you know we're, we're excited for yeah. for next year and and one of the good things uh, you know on the girls side we we signed so many darn um, freshmen um, we have so many darn freshmen in the the program now that it really if 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 we just sign a couple we're still going to be fine because they all got another year of eligibility we weren't counting on you know yeah yeah. Yeah, it's it's certainly that's one of those COVID related things that and there's a gazillion of them out there for everybody in every profession that people I don't think think about that. Uh, yeah, it's just an additional layer of yeah, of and I really feel feel. Feel for the high school kids because you know the really yeah. good high school kids they're going to go somewhere they're they're going to get signed. But what about these high school kids that are you know guys that run like you know. 1630 to 1730 that are that you know maybe you know as a coach are you going to take a kid that you've worked with that you've got down to 1540 are you going to take a chance on a high school kid you know so that that 1540 you want that you definitely want that guy to come back and so that freshman who might you might take a chance on you're not going to take a chance they're not going to get a scholarship yeah you know, they may be asked to walk on, but but you know, those kids are, are are this upcoming senior class. They're you know, I feel sorry for those kids. Yeah, they're going to be impacted for sure. Yeah. Well, when we come back, we will wrap up. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. 
You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. All right, we're back. And one of the things that you've probably, if you've been listening to this podcast for a little while, you've heard Mitchell and I talk about shoes. You've heard us talk about the super shoes. And so, and I have shared, I'm unabashedly, I have said, um, I'm convinced that all of these world records recently are 100% the shoes. What do you think about the, the super shoes? Oh, I, I, I agree with you 100%. Dean. I, I think that... Um, that uh, USA Track and Field, they need to come up with a standard of recoil for these shoes. Um, that Those athletes that are um, at that world-class level are, are actually separated just, just minimally. Their, their ability levels minimally. Then you're taking some a shoe um, and, and using that, not so much an individual's VO2 max or, or their body mechanics, you, you've kind of taken um, uh, an ability to perform and put a financial um, uh, tag on it because yeah. um, those shoes are expensive and they do make a huge difference. Yeah. Um, and so you've, you've, you've taken something that just like in, in, in cycling, um, you know, the, the, they have bike specs. Um, and in swimming, you know, they've, they've regulated the, the, the swim suits. They're going to have to do that with shoes and running because yeah. there's just too much of an advantage that, that it's not equal to everybody. Yeah, yeah. And everybody should have access to it exactly. for sure. Yeah, yep. Um, and then we, we kind of do, but again, you mentioned how expensive it is. But also, you know, right now it's for, for an athlete who's a professional, they're thinking, you know, my decision to, to run with a certain shoe company depends on what their technology is exactly and and most uh i mean most of the the especially the marathoners um they come from uh, impoverished countries in africa mm-hmm. and um you know that race can not only set their fam them up uh, for a number of years you can set their family up and their relatives for a number of years so i understand why they make the decisions yeah. that they do Oh, yeah. um, but you know you, you've got to have uh, equality for everybody, some yeah. form of standard yeah. um, f- for everybody, so that the competition becomes fair. Because with those shoes, it's it's you know I, I know Adidas has come up with a similar model, and and I look for Saucony to come up with something, um, Brooks as well. But but pretty soon every everybody's going to have some kind of carbon fiber technology in their shoe. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So I know, you know, I, I used to help out with the cross-country team at Northwest when, when, when one of your sons was there. You have another son. You know, you've got, you've got these kids. How is your family doing? Everybody doing oh, well? They're, they're doing well. They're doing well. Um, uh, our oldest son, he is a fourth-year surgical resident um, in Orlando. And wow. get, and um, him and Erica are getting ready to have the third child, so we're getting ready to be uh, grandparents number three. Um, yeah, my family, we had all boys, 
and uh, uh, 100, had all girls. So <laughs> we're, you know, the good Lord decided that, um, you know, we would raise boys. And, and uh, um, with my lack of patience, he he blessed us correctly. Um, but we love these girls. It's, it's amazing the difference between boys and girls. It uh, is yeah. absolutely the, the amazing the difference. Um, and, and we love it. And then uh, AJ. Um, uh, he's uh, working for a transportation company. He's riding. Um, you know, he he rides with Lane a, a fair amount, and uh, uh, was kind of mentored Lane on, on his riding. Yep. Um, and then Connor's getting ready. Our youngest, he's getting ready to um, graduate uh, from UTC, and he's applied. He wants to be a, a physician like his older brother, and he's interviewed at uh, MCG and at Mercer. So we're hoping to hear something soon, uh, come the first of March for him. Well, so, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Man, everybody's doing well. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. So we have some people out there who are thinking, I don't know if I can get to this marathon thing in a year. And, you know, they're really doubting themselves. We talked about that a few minutes ago about how at, with our athletes, it's, it's you know, th- that happens all the time. So tell these folks why they can do what they think they can't do. Your... You can do anything that you set your mind to and that you pray to God for. Um, people, again, I think get trapped in the worldliness of, of, of the society today and nowadays. And they they get so many voices in their head saying, you have to do this, you have to do this, dinner's at five, I need to get groceries. And that they they don't pray and, and meditate and, and hear the voice of God and his calling. And like I said, he's He's here to cheer you on. He didn't put you on this earth to, to, to fail. Um, and it's scary. It's scary taking big steps. Um, you, you know, you and I, in our coaching situations, a lot of times, gosh, can, can I really do this with this individual? You know, you, you just have to, to believe and you have to hear the voice of positivity. You have to, there's one voice of positivity and that's, that, that, that's Jesus Christ. And, and you've got to listen and you've got to focus on that and try to put everything else to the side. And he's going to lead you to where you want to be. Um, but it's scary. It's what? scary. It takes courage. Yeah. And, and, and again, that's one of the things with, with the kids I talk about is, is you've got to have courage to follow that voice. Yeah. You've got to have courage to follow that voice. Very, very well said. Very well said. All right. So we share a trivia question every week. And this week, we're, it's kind of specific to the marathon because um, it's, it, you know, we're, we've got a bunch of folks out there with that goal. So there is a specific term. For something that happens usually between 18 and 22 miles of a marathon. What is it called? And now if you're out there and you know the answer to that. The first person to email me at dean at runforgod.com will win a run club kit. Just remember to send your t-shirt size in with that answer. And um, be the first one to answer. And you can win win that. So Something that happens between 18 and 22 miles of a marathon. Andy, I know you know what that is because <laughs> uh, you've experienced it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so every every week we share a reason why running is so awesome. This week what I share is mental health. Uh, you know, running changes the brain. Um, it's not only a matter of becoming a more disciplined runner. It, it makes changes to us in that way by making us more disciplined. But running actually 
forms more connections in the part of your brain that is that is associated with self-control and memory. And so uh, physically, when you're running, you think about all the muscles and all that stuff and all the, the, the way that your heart beats. And you think about all of that stuff as it relates to bettering yourself. But running also does good things to your brain physically. So um, it boosts our self-esteem, our confidence. Um, that's a great mental health benefit um, when we can do things we, we don't think we can do. Um, it's also a great stress reliever. I mean, from a mental health standpoint, that is the cause of many people's mental health issues is stress. It's a great stress reliever. Promotes, it, promotes the, the release of endorphins, which is that, that thing that helps us um, when, we, when we are stressed. And so it just helps your mood and your attitude, right? It certainly does. It certainly does. Nothing like a after a hard morning or a hard afternoon, a nice run to kind of let everything soak out and, and, and get back to righteousness. Love it. Love it. Our motivational thought for the week. I like this. It's from Tony Robbins, who's a motivational speaker. Um, and he says, motion causes emotion. Uh, and, and I just I like that because um, when we move, we feel things and, and emotion is part of what we feel. And so uh, I watched a, a documentary on Tony Robbins and I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to everybody just because it was um, he uses a lot of foul language. And, and you know, if, if you're ready for that, that's fine. But I just thought that the, the concept of what he was saying was very interesting. Um, and in it, this guy, he does this mo these motivational things and he's constantly in motion. The guy jumps on a trampoline behind the st at backstage so he can kind of get himself pumped up. He, he's got a plunge pool in his backyard. It's 57 degrees. So this pool is like, it's like four feet by four feet and it's really deep. And he jumps down into this, this freezing cold pool, um, to get himself motivated and to want, and it's, it's just an interesting thought, um, about moving around. Getting outside your comfort zone is critical to having energy. And that's what he's talking about when he says motion causes emotion. Yeah, Dean, one of the, the things uh, I had in that, what I had sent to the kids on Tuesday, about, and it relates to this directly, is, is motion is, is, is action. That if you're scared, and, and what you had asked me earlier, what do I have a tip for people that are, are, are thinking they can't do the marathon, is motion, just get out and do it. That relieves your anxiety. Just take the first step towards it. Motion is action. Motion is emotion. Just do it. Just get out and take that. And it's going to relieve your stress. It's going to relieve your anxiety because you're working towards that goal. It's, 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 it's great. Yeah. It's a great way to, to say it. Uh, I can't, we, we can't top that. So we're going to, we're going to finish here, but thank you, Andy, for taking your time oh, you're to very be welcome. here. I so certainly enjoyed it. Your expertise and, and, uh, it, and it's, it's always good to talk to a fellow coach and a fellow runner and a fellow Christ follower. And Thank so you. Thank we, you. we appreciate who you are and how you help us. Um, and despite some of the things going on around us right now, folks, we are headed into a great 2021. It's going to be a good year. Put God first and may his peace settle on you regardless of whatever your circumstances are right now. Um, just like Andy said just a few minutes ago. Now, may God bless every step of every run. Get out there and shine your light. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. 
Thanks for joining us today.